welcome Hilltop Church. We're so glad you're here with us today, rather if you're here in person or, um, you know, on a screen, uh, enjoying our services. We are officially moved back into the Dante, of which we are so excited for. Um, it's, it's been such a blessing to be at the CBC, and we so appreciate Pastor Dan and his staff for opening uh, the doors for us. You know, to be honest, we couldn't have uh, maintained any kind of services um, without that church um, helping us. And so we so appreciate it. We're still doing prayer down there, guys. So, um, you know, lock into our, our rhythm of prayer throughout the week. We um, also have all our offices. But officially, starting today, this is where we will host our Sunday morning gathering. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, we're going to get right into the scriptures today. Hopefully you've been enjoying, and I do hope, as I've been doing the majority of talking, uh, the series that we started, uh, Regather and Rebuild. Uh, we're in our third installment of that series, and, and the goal is to just kind of reorientate ourselves or back around uh, uh, giving of ourselves to the building of the house of God. And so we're going to continue this conversation maybe for another one or two weeks, I don't know. Um, but I feel like God has given me uh, another uh, a word for us today that kind of piggybacks the word that I gave uh, last Sunday. So I'm, I'm uh, titling this service, sorry, this message, uh, Making God First in a World That Wants Him Forgotten. Uh, making God First in a World That Wants Him Forgotten. Now I imagine that there's some who are listening and maybe even some here today that say, well, that's a bit dramatic. I don't know. I don't know if the world is that angry at God and, and want God, wants God forgotten. But I, but I would just submit to you that this isn't the first time in our history uh, that, that man would see or view God as a bit inconvenient, so to speak. You know, and We see this through the scripture uh, where, you know, I think it's in Psalms, Psalms chapter 2 actually, where, where, where David, you know, kind of says, a man wants to throw off the cords of the Lord. Um, and, and speaking of God's morals or his righteousness, they, they see those things of, uh, as, like I said, an inconvenience. And, and I believe that we live in a day and a time where, where, where we also uh, see God as an inconvenience. I know that there are places in my life, personally speaking, that... I would just rather God not meddle with. Anybody hearing me this morning? You know, like, God, do you have to get involved with that? I just want to do it this way. Why do I have to do it your way? You know what I'm saying? And it would just be better sometimes if God would just leave me alone and let me just do it my way. Of course, I'm being sarcastic. That would be absolutely dangerous for him to do. So thank you, God, for not letting me do that. But nevertheless, there's part of my flesh that would desire that. <laughs> um, so I don't think it's um, that dramatic. Now, last Sunday, if you were with us, I, I spoke briefly and kind of summarized um, a, a story where Moses kind of prophetically declared a blessing over the children of Israel. I didn't really get into the scripture, but I'd like to do it this morning just so we can kind of bring God's uh, word around that summarization of, 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 of my talk last Sunday. And um, it's actually in Deuteronomy 11, uh, 26 through 28. So if you have your Bibles or your iPads or your iPhones, you can open there. It's just three verses. I, I would strongly encourage you to read the whole chapter um, because it really is going to lay uh, the foundation for today's talk. 
and, and it's really helpful. And, and, and we're actually going to give its New Testament uh, friend also in Romans chapter 2. Like, you know, God didn't just wake up one day and said, oh, I should do something new, you know. Uh, the old way of doing things just not working anymore, so let's, let's try something new. No, God is the same yesterday, today, and, and forever, and, and that's what we need to understand. And so usually what we find him doing in the Old Testament, or usually what we see him or hear him speaking in the Old Testament, we can find also in the New Testament. Why? Because God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And that's important to say because I think sometimes we think God just all of a sudden just tried to change the script a bit. And, um, you know, the first go wasn't so good, so he tried something different. No, he always had a plan, and he is always the same. But here in Deuteronomy 11, uh, 26 through 28, we read this. I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. Now, right there, I, just think about that. This is God. He's talking about cursing people. What? I mean, of course, we have the blessing in there, but he's setting before the children of Israel both a blessing and a curse. Verse 27 says... The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord, your God, which I commanded you today. And the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord, your God. But turn aside from the way that I have commanded you today to go after other gods that you have not known. Okay, pretty clear, pretty simple, right? Now, God's very specific in the way that he wants to bless these people. He, he's, you know, that's why, I would, you know, if you had time... This week, it would probably be good that you read the whole chapter because God, from finances to family, um, he, he covers the gamut of how he wants to bless the children of Israel. And, and um, he, he says right here that if, if, if you choose not to obey me and put me first, listen, I'm not going to bless you. And now, if you were with us last Sunday, we saw the fruit of that actually uh, occur in Haggai where the people of God refused are kind of procrastinated to rebuild the house of God. And so as a consequence to that rebellion, they suffered what uh, Moses is speaking here, the curse. So now let's go to Romans chapter 2. Again, just a couple of verses. Again, I would encourage, encourage you to read the full chapter because, again, um, the surrounding verses in both of these books, in both of these chapters, really drive the point home. But here's Paul in Romans chapter 2, starting in verse 6 through 8, he says, He, he being God, um, just in case anyone was confused about that, will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. How many know that God is still a God of wrath and fury, okay? Like, I know we'd like to do away with that aspect of God and kind of pretend it doesn't exist, but most certainly it does. And Paul is very clear here in Romans that God's wrath and fury will come upon those who do not obey and as a consequence of their disobedience, are unrighteous. And so, again, strongly encourage you to read the surrounding verses because it will really bring a lot of body and shape to the uh, passage more than we've read, of course. Now, why am I saying this? I, I want to reiterate a point that I talked about last Sunday. And, and this 
uh, set of words you're going to hear a lot through this sermon, so bear with me. I know I am a creature of, um, you know, constantly repeating myself. Actually, we were on a Zoom call with Kaylin uh, praying, and I was trying to build up Kaylin and just really trying to encourage him, and I think I may have done it like three or four times, and finally my wife just smacked me on the legs and said, enough, Daryl. But I I do. I like to drive the point home. I apologize if that um, offends you or or, or turns you away from the gospel, but um, uh, nevertheless, I think that these set of words are worth repeating. Uh, Now, again, I'm saying this in context of the scripture that we just read, and this is what I want us to hone in on, is that God's blessings are upon those who love him, obey him, and keep him first. I'm going to call it um, putting him first, loving him most, and obeying him always. That's the kind of words that I've been praying uh, throughout the week for my own life, that I would, that I would put God first, Love him most and obey him always. And so this is our goal. This is what we're going after today in the scriptures. Now, just, again, some more New Testament context here, just so you know I'm not going out on a limb and, and, and trying to get, like, into a works-based type, you know, m- mentality or try to lead us astray from Jesus' sovereign grace. No, nope, I'm not trying to do this. But um, in Revelations, we all know, right, in uh, Revelations, what happens? Jesus speaks to seven churches, right? And there he has some pretty stern words for those churches, doesn't he? Uh, and what does he do? Well, he essentially tells those churches to do exactly what I just said earlier. Put them first, love them most, and obey them always. It was something that they were doing, okay, back in the conception, if you would, of of their churches, but it's something that they strayed from over the years. Now, just for some context here, Revelations chapter 2, 4 through 5, we're flipping around the scriptures, hopefully that's okay, but here's Jesus speaking to the church in Ephesus just to highlight those statements that I said earlier, using the words of Christ just so that we knew that, know that this is actually New Testament teaching. This is the words of Jesus in Revelations chapter 2, 4 through 5. It says, But I have what? This against you, that you would have abandoned the love you had first. So there, there's, there's a, there it is, love, right? You, you had abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and what? Do the works. There's obedience, right? Do the works. Love me and do the works. Obey me and love me. Put me first. If not, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Now, here, here's the idea. And I know the lampstand's uh, word here has been um, preached and spoken about many different ways. And, 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 but I just want to break this down as simple as I can. And, and probably Mike Bickle is more qualified uh, to do this. But I'm just going to take a stab at it. And, and um, essentially what Jesus is saying is churches, if you don't return to, to, to putting me first, loving me most, and obeying me always, I'm going to shut your doors. I'm going to close your house. And so why am I saying this? No, it's not to 
usher in a big dark cloud for us all to feel miserable about ourselves. It's not the purpose. The idea here is just to focus just a, 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 and give ourselves intently to what the big picture is here. You see, I, I love church. I love what we get to do here. I, I love Hilltop. I love the ministry of Jayhawk. But, but if we're not doing this, if, if, if all we're about is only this, which is beautiful and glorious and I love it, you know, the lights, the music, oh, it's so good. I, I, I love that aspect of what we do. But man, if we're not on course as a body to, again, I'm sorry for saying this over and over, but if we're not on course as a community to putting Christ first, loving him most, and obeying him always, I do pray and do hope that Christ will close our doors. What is it worth it? It's not worth it if we're not falling deeper in love with Christ. If we're not given, I'm sorry for spitting, this is breaking all sorts of COVID rules. But what, worth, what is it worth if we're not given more to obeying Christ? Come on. And so, you know, eight months of almost like a mini vacation, right? You know, like we haven't, had, we haven't been able to do community from a distance, right? Uh, through a screen. Nobody's seeing my stuff. Nobody's holding me accountable. Well, I'm here just to take our pulse today as a pastor and saying we're getting back to the basics. Now, we struggle with this, don't we? I'll be the first to admit, throw my, uh, myself, I'm preaching to myself here this morning. I struggle constantly with, with cherishing God in, in a way that I am, he is first and foremost of the utmost important thing in my life. That, I, that I'm, 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 I'm being stirred with new affections, you know, for, for love for God. Uh, that, I, that, I'm, that I'm more given to obedience when I know, in fact, I, I want to harden my heart and rebel. Listen, this is nothing new to humanity. Uh, um, I, I love this. I've probably shared this story before, but um, some years ago when we started Hilltop Church, this nice man who no longer goes here um, gave my son the storybook Bible. And we had already bought a storybook Bible, but this was like storybook Bible on steroids. I don't know how any, the blood was just, it was more graphic. Like they were just like, you know, they would show Goliath's head being chopped off. I was like, yes, this is awesome. But it was just, it was so graphic. And, and I was so grateful. But we decided when we first got this book to kind of just mosey on through um, the life and the story of Israel and, and, and Moses' struggle with the ancient people Israel. And I, I remember it clear as day. We were sitting on the couch and we're reading a couple stories just about the ups and downs, you know, the, the victories, the times when they were given to obedience and the times when they rebelled. And my son just literally, he was reading it. And we're there together on the couch and he just flips it off his knees and he goes, come on. I'm like, what's going on? What do you mean, come on? He's like, why 
in, 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 in uh, like one day are they given to obedience and then the next day they're totally rebelling against God and quick, and like right then and there when my son said it, I was convicted to my core. I was like, if this is not, uh, if this is not me, where, where one day I, I am more given to obey and love and, and keep God first and then the next day I'm absolutely rebellious and just totally disgruntled with him. Anybody, can I get a witness? I mean, okay, three honest people, thank you. Uh, but, 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 but this is us, right? This is us. And, and, and I, I say this to say that I have um, gained great comfort in knowing that I am not the first amongst God people, God's people, excuse me, to constantly get it wrong and, and get it right and then get it wrong and then get some right and, and get it wrong. I, I'm comforted by that because there's hope. If there was hope for Israel, then there's hope for me and there's hope for you. And so let's just get locked in. Let's, 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 let's do away with any sense of condemnation that we feel, maybe, from the opening of this message and let's, let's get into the hopeful aspects of what Christ has for us. And how much more hope do we have? How much hope do we have because of Christ? I think we have a lot. But Israel cons consistently struggled and failed many times. And we can relate. We can see ourselves in the struggles. And uh, we can see our own um, limitations uh, uh, where we, we fail also in putting God first, loving God most, and obeying him completely. Now, and just kind of making this quick so we don't lose the kids, um, I, I, I was just mulling through, again, the stories of Israel and their time in the wilderness, and I came across, you know, the story when they're on the banks of the promised land, right? What a story that is, man. And, and, and I noticed something that was there, a, a sequence to what seemed to be their biggest breakdown and remaining more consistent and more faithful to putting God first, loving God most, and obeying him always. And that sequence kind of went like this. They were fearful often, right? I mean, rather, if it was the circumstances that they were facing or the enemies that they were facing, um, they, they really were forgetful. <laughs> like, like, no, seriously, when, when, you, when you look at all that God had accomplished and all the victories that God had secured for Israel. You're like, what are these guys like even worried about these Canaanite people for? Like, they, they, like Egypt at the time of their deliverance was like a superpower and God literally wiped Egypt off of the face of the earth, their military power off the face of the earth and freed the children of Israel. Surely he can handle this promised land deal. But often we see that that, that be, there, because of fear, there, there seemed to be this instilled kind of like forgetfulness, like, you know, this unsure, like, is God going to do this again? Will he come through again? But yet that often led, that fear and forgetfulness often led to rebellion. Now, I can totally throw myself into that. You know, I often think of just like, you know, the, the rebelliousness of Israel. I'm like, oh, what a bunch of, I would, if I was God, I would get them. Oh, little hardened hearts, you know, stiffen their necks. I would loose them up. I'd get them. But, but I, I don't think it's that ugly. I honestly think that their rebellion, honestly, was a matter of mistrust. 
Like, it wasn't, okay, let me, let me try to throw myself out there on the, uh, on the cutting block. Um, you ever get into a circumstance and you're just like, yo, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to happen. I, I, matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, I, God, I know you're asking me to do this. Like, you can just fill in this, whatever this is for you. I don't want to get too much into those details. But, um, but you, you kind of, you're, what's the word? You, you just, you, you're not sure. You're just not sure that if you take this step of faith, that God's going to meet you. And, and, and you start just getting a little bit fearful. And before you know it, the reasoning that you come to, the, the logic that you land on is just like, I'm not going to do it. It's just easier not to do it. Uh, I, 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 I don't know how it's all going to pan out or if God is going to uh, supply our needs or come through for us or bring about a miracle. So it's better just to play it safe. How many people have just uh, lived a life of just playing it safe? I, I, I'm there. I mean, when it came to even moving back to the Dante, I'm like, God, it's quite comfortable over there at the CBC. We're in a pandemic. Um, you know, it's expensive. Uh, uh, we got now two facilities that we're renting. I don't know. I think we're just, we'll just hunker down and do this stream thing. Just, just hunker down. But when God has called you, when, when God has asked something of you, it is rebellious to deny him what he's asking you. you you're following me. It is rebellion. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not just this irreverent kind of, no, God, it's, I'm scared. I'm scared, God. I don't know what the outcome is. I don't know if you're going to provide for me. I don't know if you're going to bring about that miracle. And so it's just safer to stay put. And ultimately, that was what the children of Israel faced many times. And it, it, here's the thing. God understands. God understands. But it's, we have a part in this also. And it's this. If we know intuitively that God has done it before, you know, when, when, when we were, we're, our backs were up against the wall, we were unsure, but yet we took that step of faith, step of faith and we said, yes, we're going we're to go into the promised land, so to speak. We're, we're going to go and we're going to get back into the Dante. We're going to trust God in this. If God has done something and secured for us or brought a victory for us before, surely he will do it again. I just, you know, in moving forward to reopening our church. I mean, here we are, Christmas is around the corner and there's a surge of COVID hitting America again. And we're reopening. There, there's, a, there's a sense of uncertainty. There's, there's a sense of not being sure. Is this the right thing to do, God? And, and I, know I'm, I know I'm repeating a little bit of what I said a couple weeks ago, but, but I, I, I'm more just acknowledge the problem in that sermon. I would like to diagnose the problem in this one. It, it, there's a difference, right? From just acknowledging what the problem is and then the diagnosis. And how many know that God does have a diagnosis for our fear? And that is this. 
I am with you. Fear not. Forgetfulness always leads us astray. Meaning, forgetting our, our past victories, our, our story. That's why we spend a, uh, once every year going over our story. It's not just because, um, you know, we're looking to bore you with details that we've already covered year after year after year. We're trying to build faith because really, guys, ultimately, I'm sorry for yelling. It just happens. I'm sorry. I came out that way, I think. But ultimately, what we're experiencing here as a congregation and what we continue to experience you know, in the ministry of J-Hop and as a community is nothing short of a miracle. And so it's wise it's wise to go back so that we can move forward. It's wise to look back and stew over. God, I don't really know how this thing's going to turn out, but I know that in 2015, oh, there was this similar situation where we were so unsure, but you met us, God. You provided, God. So why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I move in faith? Why shouldn't I believe that, it, that if you did it in 2015, you can do it in 2020 with all the odds against us? We need not to forget. You know, this is why somebody like David had like this book of remembrance, right? He would constantly be faced with all, I mean, you think about it. He's a priest. He's a warrior, he's a king, and he's like getting it from all angles. The church, the government, you know, he's just bombarded, bombarded. But yet, you see often in the Psalms, in the story of David's life, that he pulls on old accounts of God's faithfulness to build up and bolster his faith for new uh, situations and circumstances he needs God to break through in. And I think Israel probably would have benefited from doing the same. And I think we would benefit a lot from doing the same. So let me close with a bit of a story on what this looks like. You know, um, our family gets the privilege of going to Hawaii. I don't want to brag. I'm sorry. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool, I'm not going to lie. So I guess I am bragging. Um, but we get the privilege of going to Hawaii um, in the winter. It's, it's ministry-related, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, you know, there's no selfishness there. Um, but we get to go down there and, and minister to a group of missionaries um, in, in Hawaii and then spend a little time uh, to vacation as a family um, towards the latter part of our trip. And it's just a blessing. The ministry, uh, uh, their ministry pays for our, our, our flights and everything. So we're able to just, you know, get our hotels and whatnot and, and, and really just spend some time, obviously ministering in the beginning, but also getting refreshed and refocused. Um, and, and it happens usually in February. So it's a time of the year when you really want to get out of here. The weather's just so nasty. Now, um, I am one, if you know me, I could care less about traveling. I really don't get somebody who is like, um, 
obsessed with traveling the globe. I probably should, but it's just not me. You know, meaning I probably should travel more. Uh, but I just don't like it. I don't like planes. I think I've gone over those stories once or twice. Thank you, sir. Um, I don't like planes. I don't like flying. And so it just seems uh, better to stay home. And um, I, I quite like my house. I like my family. It's a great place to be. Uh, I don't mind walking in the front door and just kicking off my shoes and being with my, my, my best friends. And so, um, yeah, traveling to me, it, it's, it's, not really, it's not really a thing. I, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But when it comes to Hawaii... You know, make some exceptions, you know, up to places, right? Right? But it's funny, often now, I rarely, and Bethany's, I think, the same. I think she does it more just because of some friends and some connections that she has in the ministry. But I rarely will go to the same place twice. Like, it's just, that's like double whammy. You no, know, like, like, been there, you know, bought the t shirt, really don't wanna go back. Um, but obviously, this is our third year, you know, I, I like it. But what I, what I, what I, what I did, what I, what I know I needed to do was to really have this old thing out when I was in Hawaii. you right. It's like, got to have the cell phone. One, because I want to post a bunch of things. So you back in New England who are maybe like, you know, in 12 inches of snow and zero below weather can see like, I'm in Hawaii. No, I was just kidding. Uh, but no, seriously. Uh, but, I, but I like to bring this so that I can brag, but also remind myself that when next year comes up, why I'd like to go back. <laughs> Makes sense, right? It, it, it's, it, it, in a way, it's my own kind of book of remembrance. It's like, oh, that was a cool spot. I could definitely go back to that place. Oh, I love swimming there uh, with my son. That, that I can do again. And, and I guess, you know, all kidding aside, this is what it looks like. It really does. You know, rather if you're journaling or, uh, you know, just simply for me, uh, taking photos of your favorite spots in Hawaii so that you can have the confidence come next year that you want to go again because they're just so beautiful. But, but this is what it's like to um, categorize, you know, and, and kind of set before us things that we love, um, places and spots that we want to go back to, uh, uh, victories that maybe we have. See, we have some new victories as a church that we're gonna share with you some financial breakthroughs that we didn't see coming in the midst of a pandemic. And we're like, whoa, but you know what we're doing with those victories? We're writing them down. We're, we're taking snapshots, baby. We're taking photos because you know what? I bet you there's gonna be a season in our near future, we're gonna need those. We're gonna need those memories. We're gonna need those reminders of God's faithfulness. And, and I guess where I'm going with this is just start building up a book of remembrance, friends. Don't forget God's faithfulness. You know, for me, it may be things related to the church. For you, it may just be your marriage. For me, it may be related to things at home. Maybe for you, it's some relationship that you are in right now that is broken. Uh, uh, for me, it may be an issue with my son. For you, it may be an issue in your finances. But when God breathes, when God brings victory, don't forget. You see, you, you see why I, 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 I have faith now to move forward in doing in-person gatherings, getting back at this Dante where it makes no sense at all to do, especially with COVID resurging. 
is because I have a laundry list. I have a laundry list of ways that God has met me faithfully and it would be ridiculous to fear and to recoil now and to sit back and just say, nope, we're going to play it safe. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We have too much. We have too many stories that have come and, and might I just say, are coming. And I, I just want to inject into your heart the same kind of faith. If you are at the brink of some impossibility, some hard patch, don't give up on God. I'm almost certain that he's going to come through on your behalf. I'm almost 100% confident that God is going to meet you in the place that you need him the most. Can I get and amen, people. That is good news. Let's pray. just want to share my appreciation for the kids and the parents wrestling their kids. You guys are awesome. And I'm going to end here so that... Um, We can get on with the day and the parents can be relieved. <laughs> God, I've, I've done my best to communicate the word that you've put in my heart. And I'm sure, Lord, there's tons of holes. Uh, there's places that I could have done better and been clearer. But Lord, we're trusting you that the words spoken that were given by the Holy Spirit would stick and the words that were not would be forgotten. God, as we move into this next season, Father, I ask, Lord, that we would move with faith. Lord, that we, we would look back. We would look back through our history, through places where you met us, where you broke through what, what was impossible Lord you made impossible Lord even the season that we're in Advent the impossibility of man being reconciled to God God has an answer in his son Jesus of course open our eyes God this morning to the God who brings forth miracles, who brings forth answers and resources and blessings, Lord. And God, as we're reminded, God, of your faithfulness to us, help us, God. Help us, God, to make you first, love you always, and obey you completely. Stir us even this morning, God, with new affections for Jesus. Help us, Lord, help us. God, I pray for all here and all who are listening, who are in a hard place, God, 
I pray, Lord, that their faith would be stirred, God, that it would be strengthened, God, that they wouldn't give up, that, that, they, that they wouldn't give in to forgetting. But Lord, even now, under the sound of my voice, Lord, bring about their memory again. Bring about the remembering of times and seasons and places and situations where you broke through, God. Bring those things about now by the power of your Holy Spirit and let it build their faith, God. Let it build their faith to believe for the next season, the next chapter, the next situation, the next circumstance that they're facing now, God. Rather, if it's sickness in the body, God, right now we rebuke sickness in Jesus' name. Father, rather, if it's sickness in marriages, God, we rebuke sickness. Lord, make us whole. Make our marriages whole in Jesus' name. Father, we trust you. We love you. And we worship you. Can we stand to our feet?